Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Midwestern Fins. It's your boy, Taylor Ballard, joined by my trusty co-host, Matt Hagler. What's going on, Matt? How are you doing today? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So we are incredibly honored. We are joined by a super special guest, Carrie Steele, the ballpark food Sherpa. How are you doing today, Carrie? Oh, my goodness. Thanks for throwing out the really embarrassing nickname. <laughs> I'm so well. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Oh, we're just we're super excited to have you. So thank you for coming on with us. Absolutely. We ask everybody this question every time they go on. You probably traveled a little bit more than both of us. But what do you know about the Midwest? Oh, man, uh, there's a really good joke that people that live on the coasts, and I'm from Los Angeles, uh, say that anything that's between New York and California is just considered the Midwest. <laughs> but my, uh, my father's from Indianapolis, so I have uh, a cousin as well who's a professional umpire, and he has a farm out in Kentucky, and I uh, was in Tennessee in the Smokies earlier this year for ballpark food, and so I, I've dabbled in the Midwest before. Very good. That's awesome. Nice. Okay. Well, um, before we get really into it, I I always tell everybody on our podcast, every episode, that my favorite thing to talk about is always the charity that we invite our guests to bring on. And we've featured uh, 10 different charities so far, and you brought one on too, Hope, Hope Ethiopia. Do you mind giving us a little bit of info on why you picked that or know why it means something to you? Sure. Uh, one of the gentlemen that attends my church has an Ethiopian food restaurant out here and I cover food and he goes back to his home about once or twice every single year. And when he does, he takes donations at our church and brings them back. And he's uh, created a school out there and he's trying to build a university. And what he does is he has throughout the, the foundation about a couple different branches that he, he uses to try to help different people that are out there. He tries to help uh, girls and women that have been forced into sex slavery and different children that it's just, it's a mess over there. And <laughs> the money goes a long way. And what, why it's super special to me and my husband is that we have a card for one child that we've been praying for for the past year, and we got to go to um, a store and pick out a couple stuffed animals for her, and her favorite color is red. Her favorite sport is jumping, which is hilarious. She's five. Um, <laughs> so we're hoping that we get an update on her for when she turns six to see if her favorite sport is still jumping. Uh, but we learned that she has a little brother, and so we sent him stuffed animals as well, and it's just uh, charity that we get to see a direct impact on it and they write us back but we also know somebody who is personally delivering you know the the toys and the socks and the toothpaste to the little kids so that's why um, I always like to uh, see directly where the money goes and make sure that it is directly helping people especially when it comes down to charities so this is one where I know that the money is in good hands. Wow that's really cool I'm glad you got to share that story with us so I actually this is usually Haggy stuff. So, Haggy, do you have any stats? Because I have some if you don't. All right. Yeah, I got it pulled up. So, again, this is, like always, directly off the website. Uh, in 2018, uh, Hope's HCE was able to impact more than 
eleven hundred or eleven. Yeah, no, that's eleven thousand lives. Yeah, the commas kind of in a weird spot. Math will um, get you. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, over the past seventeen years, they've served more than three thousand street children, uh, twenty-five thousand children rescued from labor exploitation, exploitation, and more than uh, twelve hundred women from sexual exploitation. And then through a sponsorship program, more than 9,550 children have been able to attend school, which is awesome. (laughs) I love that a lot. So uh, the website is hope-ethiopia.com. And, you know, everybody that's listening, just give it a look out. Carrie just gave us an awesome story of why it means something to her. Like I always say, this is always my favorite part. It's so nice to hear it, that it's directly impacting who carry too in your life so that it's it's awesome you know and there's so many cool charities out there and like you said it's nice to know exactly where the money goes no it's a great thing that you guys are doing and if you guys go and you guys don't look at any of the little uh message that i attached to the podcast um it's ethiopia spelled e-t-h-i-o-p-i-a which i left out the first i and I was really confused as to why the website wasn't coming up at first. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I don't normally tell spelling stuff, but... <laughs> We're just in class right now, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Well, maybe we can get schooled a little bit on some ballpark food. Let's do so it. So I, I did a little bit of research, and maybe, maybe you'll be able to help, but how many of the major league ballparks have you been to? Ooh, I'm missing about 10 of them, but it's not a fair estimate because it's been over my whole life. And so that's not saying I've been there professionally covering a game. Okay. Okay. Well, so the nearest to me and probably Haggy too is Minnesota Twins ballpark. Ooh. And have you been there? Yes, uh, my father actually was a broadcaster in Minnesota for the Vikings and the Twins and the T-Wolves. So we were there in the early 90s, 94, 95, I believe, when Warren Moon was a quarterback for the Vikings at the time. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and I was went back when one of my friends used to play for the Twins as well. So I went back to go see him play. Nice. I love Target awesome. Field. I'm actually a Twins fan. Oh, wow. Yeah. So... They just clinched okay. the division, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Ed, well, you're going to have to go back. And uh, have you tried the bacon and peanut butter sandwich this year? Not, No, I haven't. I've, I've eaten that somewhere else, but not at the stadium. All right. How about the uh, chicken and waffle cone that is filled with that, uh, that thick-cut bacon, major slices of the thick-cut bacon? I didn't get that either. I just <laughs> I think I just got soda. All right. Last one. How about the boomstick? No boomstick, the two-foot-long hot dog that has nacho cheese, chili, and is peppered with jalapenos. No, I was really boring when I went. (laughs) I just got a soda. (laughs) Was it a souvenir cup, at least? (laughs) Um, Gee, I don't actually remember. Just the the plain old Pepsi paper cup? It might have been. Yeah. Okay, well, so those three sound way more awesome than the one I was going to ask about. So the one that I was going to ask about is called the Indorito. Wow. It's like an Indian burrito that they serve there. Um, it's basically like 
curry curry wrapped in a burrito. And that, that sounded delicious to me, but that's not very Minnesota. No, the, uh, the Twins do a really good job with the Twins. And then the Blue Jays also are the two teams that have, I'd say, the most uh, in, well, Indian or Indonesian cultured food on their menus. Uh, so they, uh, there are two large populations of people that move from India to those towns. And so that's why that is on the menu there. Uh, but the other three that I listed sound more Minnesotan-y than, <laughs> than the one you listed. Right. True. So, this is a I Midwestern so. podcast, so. It is. <laughs> so I just, while we're on the topic of ballpark foods, like everybody knows that a hot dog is like the baseball food of America. Is there one that you have preferred? Jeez. Um... So it's difficult because they change every single year. So I uh, we're ending like we're nearing the end of this season. So I don't want to lead you guys astray with what will be next season's offerings. But I will say that the Mets, uh, well, Airmark has uh, about eight to ten MLB stadiums, and they do a fantastic job of doing the extra long loaded hot dogs. And so the the Mets and the Diamondbacks, I'd say, have the best uh, kinds of loaded hot dogs where you have the fried mac and cheese and the fried pickles. And they have uh, the Mets have a raclette uh, bratwurst where they take a wheel of cheese and they scrape off a melted layer and just drizzle it in a, a casking blanket like it's just tucking in <laughs> the bratwurst into the bun like it's a cover. Um but the Dodgers, you know, they have the Dodger dog. It's classic. And then the uh, the Red Sox have their Fenway Franks. So you can't go wrong with those either. Wow. <laughs> I don't even want to, like, ask any more food questions. Because that just sounds... <laughs> well, well, we got to ask one, at least. Um, the Rocky Mountain Oysters. Would you try one? Okay. I went to Coors Field. First off, Coorsfield Field is one of my favorite ballparks to go to. When you go, you have to get there early. Uh, it is right in the heart of a downtown area that doesn't feel like downtown. It's not trafficy. It's not that busy. But what makes it feel like a downtown uh, is that it's in the heart of a, just a bunch of, I'd say, like a restaurant district, really. And right across yeah. the street it has one of the top bars in the United States where it has an entire out yard, uh, an outside patio where uh, you can play all different kinds of yard games and lawn games but they have a uh, wild cherry pepsi buffalo wings and they were the best wings that i've had anywhere in the united states uh but when you walk in off of blake street i believe is what it is into chorus field uh definitely walk around the stadium because they have so many different unique offerings along with other strange meats they have elk sausage and all different kinds of interesting bratwursts like snake rattlesnake i think bratwurst but if you're looking for the rocky mountain oysters you want to go down the third baseline in left field and they're kind of hidden so it's just like one of those the the general concession stands and it is you know it's like hot dog and blah 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 blah. and at the bottom it says rocky mountain oysters and i believe they were eight dollars for four or six of them and they look like uh, thinner chicken nuggets, like the McDonald's kind of chicken nuggets. Um, and I looked at them, and the girl who handed me <laughs> them, I asked if I could take a picture of them, laughed at me, uh, because, I mean, who's not, right? We're all teenagers when it comes down to things like this. 
Um, would I try them? I was born in Georgia and raised with extreme manners. So if I was on a show or if the chef was present, then I would probably sample them. But if it was just me with my own free will, I would have to politely pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. All right. So we won't so, sign you up for the Fear Factor reboot. Oh, no, thank you. I uh, just did a, I just did a story on Rattlesnake, actually, Deep Fried Rattlesnake. And uh, I passed it along to my colleagues afterwards. And by that time, I had to cool down. And it kind of looks like popcorn chicken. But when I had the, we'll say, opportunity to sample it, it had just come out of the fryer. So the meat itself was still slimy and a little cool. And the outside was blazing hot and crunchy because it had been breaded. And that combination was no bueno in my, yeah, <laughs> when I tried it. Preparation. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I just want to build on. So you, you we're talking about Coors Field and I wasn't really um, going to think about it because even though we want to blame Colorado for like our bad internet stuff, oh. like, you know, uh, Colorado isn't technically the Midwest and neither is Montana, but it's close enough. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be in, Den I'll be in Denver in less than a month. Ooh. And, going to the summit theater to go watch a concert and it is less than two blocks away from Coors Field. So, oh, you'll need to just go walk around, take some pictures yeah. of people. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited to try a restaurant. Or I've, I've been there before, but my favorite restaurant is called Snooze. Snooze. And it's a break. Yep. Snooze. It's a breakfast snooze. place. And, snooze, yeah. not snoops. <laughs> oh, snooze. Sorry. Snooze. <laughs> yeah. Like the snooze alarm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's downtown on 16th street. So, I'm going to try that. It's the best breakfast I've ever had. Oh, nice. I think um, if it's the same thing I'm thinking of, we have two snooze uh, brunch places out here, and they do really uh, – they're famous for red velvet pancakes and then a cinnamon pancake, and it's the favorite spot uh, to go of everybody on the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, they. Uh, I know that there's multiple locations in Denver, so they might be becoming a chain, but I think the original is out Okay, gotcha. Oh, we didn't. I didn't really mention this. Um, real quick, hobby back to Rocky Mountain oysters. For all sure. of you listeners that don't know what they are, oh gosh, they are bull testicles. So. Yeah, and if you really want to try them, you guys need to go to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and go to the Testicle Festival. Oh, oh. the internet is terrible right now. Okay, so Carrie. Yes. Taylor and I have an ongoing thing. Okay. So we need to know what you think of this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Does soy sauce belong on spaghetti? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Thank Wait, you. Is this, I, is this struggle food that we're talking I, about? Or? I feel attacked right oh now. Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, so I went to China three years in a row in preparation for the Olympics in uh, 2000, what was 2005, six, and seven. Wait, and, hold on. Were you an Olympic athlete? Uh, I was playing. So I was a junior uh, for softball, and then my brother was for uh, baseball. Oh, wow. Yeah, but we got to see the building <laughs> of the bird's nest from the ground up, and it started to look like a bird's nest. So... Actually, I would like to take a little bit of credit for the Olympic Committee actually officially nicknaming it the bird's nest. 
although that wasn't a hard one. They probably thought of that before during construction. We're giving you credit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but over there, they will, they did when, because we asked if they had any, we were guests of the party, uh, which meant that we did not get to choose where we ate or what we ate. But after about five to six days of authentic Chinese food and over there, everything is fried. And it's not like in the South fried, like the, the Southern fried food would be lean and like healthy in comparison to how fried the food is uh, across the ocean. And we asked if they just had any kind of version of American food and they went and got spaghetti noodles and put it in soy sauce for us and then got some uh, ground beef and then chopped it up and then presented it to us as spaghetti. And it was the nicest thing that they could have done. And, and that's great. But, Taylor, but it like, we're talking, spaghetti. we're talking meat sauce, like regular <laughs> spaghetti. Wait, so you make spaghetti, meaning with the meat sauce and the Parmesan cheese and the garlic bread, <laughs> and then you pour soy sauce on because it wasn't complete enough? No, I mean, it is complete. Has, has everybody been doing it wrong? Have you talked to real Italians about this? I'm sure they'd be very upset with you. <laughs> oh. Okay, and uh, then the worst part is he uses a choice soy sauce over Kikumin. Oh. Do you do you use a fork or chopsticks? Not that it matters because this is really a long oh, no, I, I, I still use a fork. Okay. Oh my goodness. Doesn't make it better. <laughs> you know. Everybody hates on it, but nobody tries. You know what? I'll try it. One day I'll try it. When I'm Thank feeling you. like I need some just some some extra MSG in my system. Thank like, you. man, I'm feeling way too healthy today. Man, I just made some spaghetti and I need to mess it up. Wow. Wow. Okay, I need to I need to change the subject really quick. So there's <laughs> all right. I'm going to ask the other staple question that we have. How do you like your steak prepared? Oh, it depends. I don't like it mooing. I will never put ketchup on it. Um, Thank you. Oh, Mike from Fourth and Inches is going to hate you, but that's fine. I'll give him a hug. and We can shake hands. He'll be fine. <laughs> he can deal. Um. But uh, it, yeah, it just depends. Um, I think that there's a time and a place for all different kinds of settings. And it's also what you're pairing it with, too, which I hope doesn't sound snobbish. And I hope it sounds more like a tail, tailgater versus steakhouse kind of situation. Okay. Um, it just depends on also, I think, how you've marinated the steak, too, uh, or if you've decided to do that at all. Um, and, yeah, also what kind of sides you're pairing it with. So, And yeah. so... You're the only person that hasn't like been very adamant on how they eat their steak. Whoa, sorry. Everybody, everybody that <laughs> everybody that we've had as a guest has like had a their method, and then that's it. Yeah, I don't discriminate except for soy sauce on spaghetti. <laughs> okay, fine. Have you ever had? Take the L. Take the L. <laughs> I will. I'll take the L. I feel like I have. This is awful at the same time. Have you ever had or heard of Chislik before? 
Chislick. Oh. I don't even know if I were... It feels like when BuzzFeed does those videos where they ask millennials questions about normal things and they have no idea. I feel... Okay, well, it's, it's not necessarily a normal thing. It's like a South Dakota exclusive deal. But it's basically unbreaded steak tips. Unbreaded steak tips? Yep. Unbreaded steak tips. So like fried steak tips, but they're unbreaded. And it's huh. called chislick. But it's like a South Dakota exclusive dish. And it's, it's very, very good. Chislick. I'm on the Googles right now. It just looks like steak. Yeah, that's pretty much that's what it is. But you, but you Basically fry. what they did is they had someone cut up their steak for them before they made it. Yeah, the picture I'm looking at has toothpicks in it. Yeah, that's. That's pretty standard. So, like, toothpicks and saltine crackers for some reason. Yeah, it has saltine crackers in it, too. And I just thought it was probably made for, like, an old person. Um, uh, probably. I mean, there's a lot of old people in South Dakota. <laughs> Chislick. Chislick gets a thumbs up, although I did spell it wrong. Okay. Yeah. No K at the end. Okay, so then the other, maybe a couple other Midwest things. So, Minnesota claims that they invented the Goose of Lucy. Oh, the Juicy Lucy. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, well, so the, they claim that they uh, invented it, but the uh, ballpark that's popular for the Juicy Lucy is actually the San Francisco Giants, which makes zero sense at all. But they have had a Juicy Lucy on their menu for the past three seasons, and it is one of their it items to get, which I don't understand at all. But hmm. I do, I do know about the Juicy Lucy, and for the Super Bowl, they made – and uh, oversized, if you can make, if there's such thing, because it's already super big. Um, oversized Juicy Lucy when the Super Bowl was there for 2018. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever had, I feel like I'm asking all the questions, but Haggy, Haggy lost his question privileges. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a bison burger or a buffalo burger? No. I have not. I've had a kangaroo burger before. Uh, that yeah. sounds way more cool. Uh, it was at a Hard Rock Cafe, so don't give me like cool, you know, oh. really cool points oh, okay. yet. Uh, it was in Australia, though, and I had a bite of it, and it tasted what I'd imagine bison would taste like, um, except it had it had more hops, more spring to it than probably. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that. That was good. Yeah. So, I know that Haggy hooked you up with some bribery. Did you try any of that? Yes. Oh, my goodness. You guys are so nice. And they're all amazing. Um, a couple, I'm, two bags down, didn't last long. I've been at the ballpark a bunch <laughs> past couple, but week and a half. Uh, but, yeah, how did you guys find that brand? Also, they were all amazing. Is that your favorite jerky? Do you, Are you guys... What is the word yeah, for somebody so, who makes jerky? Professional yeah. jerkiers. Well, okay, I, so... Oh, sorry, Taylor, go ahead. I was just going to ask you to explain what you sent to Carrie and, you know, kind of answer her questions, too. Okay, so... Um, I sent some old country beef jerky. It is made in... Um, Lincoln, Montana. And then I sent a couple of... Or I sent a package of elk jerky and a package of bison jerky, mm. also made in Montana. But I don't remember the brand or where at in Montana it's made. So when I sent three flavors of the old country, 
uh, teriyaki peppered and original. So, so which good. ones have you had so far? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Personally, my favorite's the uh, the peppered from oh, the old country. Good. But mm-hmm. well, peppered and then teriyaki, I'd have to say. But I mean, I haven't I haven't had any jerky that was from the Midwest before. Uh, only in what the the South and surprisingly Catalina Island, which is, makes no sense, but uh, they have some critters over there too, off the coast of Los Angeles. Um, but that was good, and I'm so appreciative <laughs> that you guys did it away. Well, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna send you, you some like Sturgis beef jerky. And we huh? can compare the two. Deals. Um, I used to like the teriyaki one, but I got sent so much of, so much of it when I was deployed that I kind of just... You just <laughs> couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> thank you, but no thank you. Right. <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years, I'll, I'll be good on it again. Yeah, no kidding. Well, there's plenty of other options, so... Right. So, um, yep, again, glad that you like that. Um, this is, this is a, um, a Dolphins podcast. So, uh, they play the LA Chargers. You got any info on the Chargers, Gary? Oh man. Do you want food analysis or do you want football analysis? Whoa. Yes. Can you give? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Well, um, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, they have their food serviced by Levy Restaurants and also Melissa's Produce. So they're one of the few teams that you can get all different kinds of healthy options, which makes a lot of sense since it is in Los Angeles. And they're a super hub for the health food. But they have these little granola bites. And I'm not a big granola-er person that are amazing. And they end... Uh, they're called snacks with an X instead of the C-K-S. Uh, and you can get them at grocery stores all across the nation. And they are amazing. They're totally worth dropping in your basket. Uh, but, geez, um, it'll be an interesting game. I mean, the the Dolphins just make me sad. Uh, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> the past couple of years, there's been such intense build up it's it's kind of like the lions you know like matthew stafford was a top five quarterback five or six years ago like let's remember that and the the first couple it was like the first four games of the season it got down to the third quarter and they were winning and then they were just lost in the fourth and i feel like the the dolphins are just the same except for when they can finally sweep the leg and take the breath out of the patriots which everybody appreciates everybody appreciates oh yeah yeah um on on those Sundays everybody is a Dolphins fan uh but I don't know I uh I want to be optimistic for the Dolphins I also want world peace um so <laughs> <laughs> that is great oh that's probably like one of the top three best lines ever said in the last 12 episodes of Midwestern Fins not gonna lie Put me on the board. Absolutely. Do. <laughs> so um, one of the things I want to point out about the Dolphins, because we know we're, everyone else is covering that they're tanking, all that stuff, you know, whatever. You guys don't need to hear that from us, too. 
Um, something the dolphins are doing is they're moving uh, more sustainably and that they just, they're implementing a program to get rid of almost all of their single use plastics by the, by the 2020 season. And they have aluminum cups now. Aluminum cups. Aluminum cups, which is awesome because aluminum is like mostly recyclable. That's awesome. And much better than paper straws because I uh, cut up those soda rings to save the turtles more so than any other kid did out there. But paper straws are kind of the worst. I I don't even use straws anymore. (laughs) (laughs) True. They're they're bothersome. It's it's illegal in Los Angeles if you want a straw. You could get cuffed. Wow. Yeah. Seems a little extreme, but all right. Oh, of force. <laughs> what if what if someone like so I visited Japan uh, when I was in high school and one of the first things I did was I bought my own pair of chopsticks and I carried the chopsticks around everywhere and basically I used them to eat every day. What if someone like brought their own straw around? Yeah, so that's what they're encouraging people to do actually with the metal straws. You just buy a metal straw and keep it on you. That way you can wash it off and put it in your pocket or tuck it behind your ear like a pencil mm. and just take it with you everywhere. Interesting. I think, I think he's lying to us, though, a little bit. Oh, you okay. are. Okay, let me explain. I think he still has those chopsticks, and I think he uses that for his soy sauce spaghetti. <laughs> with one of those little kid extenders that you put in between them so that... <laughs> can uh, make sure that you're I, always grabbing the food with every every pinch. Can yep. you go to Japan? They basically force you to use chopsticks. They don't have a lot of other types of silverware. So I will tell you, I'm very good at using chopsticks, and I do not need the little kid pincher thing. I believe you. Notice he didn't annoy, or he didn't deny using them for soy sauce spaghetti. Yeah, touche, touche. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Just for you. So, also, Carrie, you posted a picture on your Twitter. It's the most popular Halloween candy in every state. And I think those people make those things to troll people. It's ridiculous. Okay, so I I get emails about these things, and I just do it because it's a talking point and everybody loves to be angry about the candy maps and food maps. <laughs> yeah. Like everybody just loves to be angry and it's fueling the fire. And that's just, you know, just screaming out into the ether on Twitter is what half the people go there for anyway. Uh, but this one, it makes no sense, honestly. And that's like the hilarity behind the whole, it's kind of like a prank tweet really. But what they oh, did, wait. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it definitely is because they have Mars in Pennsylvania where she is. Yeah, are you kidding <laughs> Get out of town. And there's no Sour Patch Kids in one state. It's like half of the country, if you guys haven't seen it yet, is Reese's or Reese's, however, you know, wherever you live, however you pronounce it. Uh, the other half is just grand, you know, grandfather, grandmother candy. It's just terrible choices. <laughs> and the I ones can't. that... Go ahead. I can't remember what South Dakota's is, but whatever that candy is, I don't even know if I've... Yeah. Okay. I've never, ever in my life had or given out gummy worms for Halloween. Yeah. And your neighbors to the the north and south of you are both hot tamales. 
nah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But what they did is they based it off of their uh, Google search volume per capita. But who's Googling candy? And that does not have any direct correlation to what you're giving out or what's around you. Um, but they did say they polled a bunch of people in each state and then just multiplied that by however many people live in that demographic. And they said, okay, well, what kinds of candy are you giving out? Um, but I really think that when people do these polls, like Greenpeace people that stand on the corners, they're just choosing whomever is is around, and it's not a good representation of the dem- the demographic. I mean, Tootsie Pops, get real. Yeah, who the heck in Montana is, is googling uh, Tootsie Roll Pops? Yeah, yeah. If you and find why? me. Why? Well, if you so here's if you are problem. googling that, come and find me because we're gonna have some words. Yeah, like, what do you want to know? That... Like, how many licks to the center? We all know it was three. The owl told us. Yeah. <laughs> there's only there's only 30 people in Montana, so you, it won't be too hard to find who said that. You can have yes. them over for uh, soy sauce and spaghetti. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. I'll have oh, them over be- for a steak and ketchup before soy sauce and spaghetti. Oh, what a rough evening. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's only 30 of us, so if they're probably trying to listen in on the, uh, the cup with the string. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's how we communicate, Carrie. Gotcha, if you knew that. gotcha. You guys have sled dogs, too? Or is that just Alaska? Oh, uh, we got oh, horses. Sled dog here. You have sled Horse horses? Buggy. Yep. Yeah. Snowshoes right. on the horses. Um, being, being, being for real, um, Carrie, do you watch HBO at all? Yes. Okay. Have you ever heard of the show Deadwood? Sorry, you cut out. Have you ever heard of the show Deadwood? I've heard of it. It sounds scary. Okay. Well, basically, that's it's it's a midwestern town or you know like old western town. So that's oh, where gotcha. I. And that's basically the only economy we have is tourism to the town of Deadwood. Really? Um, yeah. And well, it's like it's like a. It's got casinos and stuff in it too, so it's yeah. more than just that. But they actually let you ride like an 1880 horse and carriage up and down oh. Main Street. That's pretty cool. And cool. Georgia, they film most of the zombie movies there. And uh, in certain places, they rely on tourism for certain things like the uh, the green, green fried green tomatoes. Apparently, it was in a book or a movie or something. And that has yeah, its own the, shack and there's a movie called fried green thank Tomatoes. you thank you yeah i saw the billboard i drove by it all the time um but uh there's no place for you to ride in any zombie mobiles in georgia uh, if you go to savannah though i went there on my way to puerto rico for hurricane relief uh they have hearses that are like open end where you can get a ghost town tour Oh, there and in New Orleans, and that is just creeps me out beyond all. I'll get out. <laughs> I, I was too drunk to say no to the to the to the Hearst tour. You did it? Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, at least you lived to tell the tale. Yes. Yeah, right. That sounds like the beginning of some terrible local news story. Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> cursed. Tbh. <laughs> well, I'm a Dolphins fan, so definitely cursed. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Do you uh, kind of change the subject again? 
I guess. Do you have a favorite sports team? I know you kind of travel all over. Do you have one that you follow? Boy, so that is a funny, difficult question for me. I I don't have I've a really good saying, but it's just don't meet your heroes, kid, because every time I've fallen in love with a team or a player growing up, you know, they get traded or they sound off or you know they want more money or they're not their hearts aren't in it and. So growing up, I was a Dodgers fan for a little while until they basically just went through a divorce. I mean, the Dodgers were a mess. They removed all of the names off the back of the jerseys because they were going through so many minor league guys. They got rid of all of their all-stars, anybody any kid had on any posters, whether it was Piazza or Bonilla or Sean Green. And uh, then they had the Nomar Garcia Parra phase before Nomar got shipped off to the glue factory for the end of his career. And then they invested in Manny Wood, and that was just an absolute mess. And there's a great um, documentary on Netflix that has to do with uh, A-Rod as well, if you guys haven't seen it. I believe it's called Uncorked. Uh, we just watched it, and they retell everything that goes on behind the scenes with the fake doctor that was supplying all the steroids to A-Rod and to Manny at the same time. And what's great about the retelling is that they use little kids <laughs> and they voice over the entire thing. And it's, it's hysterical, um, especially the part where A-Rod and his doctor lose a vial of blood that he just took from his thigh in the bathroom at a nightclub in Miami. And they go out on the dance floor and he drops the vial of blood and then the confetti cannons go off and A-Rod and this doctor, fake doctor, are crawling around all over the floor looking for a vial of blood. Um, <laughs> uh, check it out. But yeah, sorry. Uh, long story short, no, I have a bunch of friends that have played on several different teams. I have friends that are in several different front offices uh, for all different sports. So I don't have... Uh, any more allegiances I'd say besides just my college allegiance which is USC football and that just breaks my heart but you guys know that because you guys are Dolphins fans so you understand yep definitely it's funny that you brought up all the like getting rid of the all-stars and stuff for the Dodgers and that's literally what just happened to the Dolphins yeah (laughs) man it just you just what are you supposed to do with your jerseys and your posters and you just feel like your heart's been ripped out like now what you left us with nothing. Well, one of no my jerseys is a Brock Osweiler, so I wear that ironically. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, a, yeah. it was a bet. I had to buy it. Yeah, I got to. What, what did you fail on? What to lose the bet? So I supported Ryan Tannehill, and I still, I still stand by it. Um, I thought because he had done so well the first year that he had Gase that he was going to do well the year that he got out of his injury. But he ended up getting injured again anyway. <laughs> and the team didn't win more than 10 games or 10 games. Yeah, so for the curse. Yeah. You shouldn't have so, gotten in that curse, man. Yeah, oh, I know, right? Aggie. It's definitely, it was definitely afterwards, too. So that's what it was. Yeah. I need to become a Patriots fan. Oh, curse oh, them instead. Don't even, don't even say that. Yeah. Hey, I'll be doing the world a favor. You would be. Fair enough. I actually ended up flying through the Bermuda Triangle on Friday the 13th. How did you not think? (laughs) And you're a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Gotta love it. 
Wow. Well, you have any questions for us, Carrie? Do I have any questions for you guys? Yeah. Uh, what were the moments for you both individually when you fell in love with the Dolphins? Well, Haggy, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Um, I'll go first. Um, I always, as a kid, well, my dad was a Dolphins fan, so I'd watch football with him as a kid. So it became, like, that was my team because of that. And, um, like, growing up, like, my favorite player was Jason Taylor. Mm. And so I I actually decided to play defensive end and stuff like that because of that, because of uh, watching Jason Taylor. So it's yeah, pretty so, boring, but. No, that's great. <laughs> you know, and uh, I think we kind of, we might have talked about this before in a different episode, but Haggy and I have very similar stories. So my, when I was growing up, my mom is a 49ers fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, she loved Jerry Pike. She had a fat head of Jerry Pike. Uh, I know he's cutting out. Um, I can summarize the story until he comes back <laughs> in. Uh, I'm right here. 49ers. Okay. <laughs> my, my mom was a 49ers fan. She loved Jerry Rice. She had a fat head in her room. And wow. so I, my favorite player when I was, you know, five was Jerry Rice. Cause that's who I recognized. Mm-hmm. And he went to the Raiders uh, right around the same time when I was like kind of old enough to understand football, you know, like eight or nine years old. Yeah. And um, right after the Raiders lost the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers, I was like, I'm tired of the Raiders. Well, then my uncle Jason stepped in and he said, well, I'm a Dolphins fan. And like Haggy. I was a fan of Jason Taylor because my uncle's name is Jason. I'm oh. Taylor. So then we started to, I started to be a fan of Jason Taylor. And then just yeah. ever since then, I've been stuck in the horrible hole that is with all this. Oh, man. All right. Next question for both of you guys. What's your favorite game day tradition? Uh, not wearing Miami Dolphins gear. Really? I never wear Dolphins gear on game day because... The first jersey that I got was a Jason Taylor jersey. And that was the year that they went 1-15. And, and I wore it every single week. And uh, that was ever since then. I was like, you know what? They they lost all these games because I wore yeah. my jersey every week. It was your so, fault. That was what it was. Yeah. It wasn't the talent on the field. Right. So basically ever since then, I haven't worn any Dolphins gear on game day. We're not superstitious. try again? Because of this year? Um, you know, I did wear a Dolphins jersey last year, and it happened to be the Miami Miracle. Oh. I have, I have a custom Dolphins jersey because, you know, players come and go, and our yeah. favorite players never stay. So it's just, uh, it says Ballard on the back, and number 30. Um, I would have picked 78 because that was my jersey number in high school when I played football, but. We went with 30 because that's the day, that's my birthday or birth, you know, thing of the month. So, Aggie, your turn. I like to get drunk. (laughs) That is tradition. (laughs) Family tradition, as Hank Williams says. Yep. I, uh, I won't do it every time, but sometimes, you know, it is the Dolphins, so. It, it makes the all. games a little bit better. Yeah. All right, what's your uh, hot take on Ace Ventura? 
great movie. Great movie. I was going to say greatest of all time, but... I... I literally referenced, or I said laces out probably at least four times today in practice. <laughs> uh, all right, and then I guess uh, last question. I know you guys both work with uh, kids and around football. What is the uh, impression that you try to to leave on the kids that? I don't know, is something that you guys learn from being around football that you learn specifically that, you know, the, something that has to do with the culture of football or something that was invoked in you by just the traditions of football that you try to impart on the kids? Um, go ahead, Taylor. You want to go? Okay, well, so um, I want to be a football coach, but I'm actually an American baseball coach so it's a little different here but um the the thing that i like to talk about the most is that when you're on a team you you represent so much more than individualistic things so i always say it's okay to be an individual the number that's on your jersey the the color that you play for is your team so that's you and your brotherhood and that but the town that's on the front is your whole community. So every time you step foot on a field, you represent yourself, you represent your team, and you represent your community. And with those three things, I try to tell them that there's so much motivation and everybody's always going to support you and be behind you. But you got to give a good example and show that everybody that you care about that. Because you want to care about yourself, you want to care about your team, but you also need to care about your community. So that's, that's usually the message that I try to portray. That's a great answer. Um, for me, um, I like to help teach the kids personal accountability, but then I also really focus on getting them ready for the next step. So a lot of what I'll teach them is um, is more than just what kind of we would expect at this level. I hold them to a high standard, but I do it because I care. And I believe that they can do it. And so I feel like that sets them up better to help them um, be disciplined and be responsible. Well, the best coaches are the ones that are picking on you because they are trying to shape you and make you better. That's that's my philosophy. That you care. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm no longer question master. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I feel like that was a pretty good question to end on. If you guys are cool with that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Carrie, for joining us. And I'm sure Haggy can give a similar statement, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. I'm floored that you accepted our bribe. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) You guys. uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, You're welcome back anytime. Just uh, give us a shout. Sure thing. Yeah, absolutely. uh, you guys need to fill in just let me know somebody drops out on you guys last second okay oh we appreciate it um when you get this link uh you'll get to uh enjoy this banjo music with the rest of you guys yep (laughs) absolutely the banjo music is is primo and for everybody make sure you check out hope ethiopia uh and you know like carrie said 
all the money genuinely goes to a good cause. And as Carrie explained earlier, he, she's directly affected by it. And um, check out the thread that I have on my Twitter profile. Check out the link that Haggy will post with the podcast and at least give them awareness and understand that there's some great things going on. And maybe one stat that I read, and I'm not sure, so maybe we can double check, but I'm pretty sure that. Oh. And there goes Colorado Internet again. Uh, how about now? <laughs> okay, you're good. Uh, Hope Ethiopia was created by 10 teenage boys. Pretty cool stuff. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for blessing us with all your amazing ballpark food takes, and um, sorry for disappointing you with the soy sauce. No, I mean, golly, man. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, being serious, thank you guys for having me on. I really enjoyed my time with you. Awesome. Thank you. Glad you did. All right. right. See you guys next week. Peace out.